Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. Presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Are you frustrated by your typical hunting and fishing magazines? Are you tired of reading content meant for guys up north or in the Midwest? Don't get left behind following the guidance of guys who don't hunt and fish in your home state. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors Magazine subscription and become a better Southern outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors Magazine can be found at your local Barnes & Nobles, Books A Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rule King, Bass Pro Shops, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. And brought to you by United Bank. United Bank knows what an important role agriculture plays in our local economy. At United Bank, they are here to support local farmers with financial products and services designed specifically for agribusiness, including real loans for farmland, equipment loans, working line of credit, and more. Truth is, they deeply value the contribution agriculture plays to our community, and they help our local farmers build successful businesses. They want to see you succeed. Learn more at unitedbank.com or stop by any United Bank branch. United Bank, all loans subject to credit approval, equal housing opportunity lender, member FDIC. And brought to you by Bucks Island. Bucks Island has been in business since 1948 for all of your new and used boat needs, as well as motor sales and services, and now they have a pro-level tackle store. Boat and motor trade-ins are welcome. Visit them online at bucksislands.com or give them a call at 256-442-2588. Hey guys, and welcome to another special episode of the Great Days Outdoors Podcast Network. I'm Joe Baya here with my co-host Butch Theory. And you know, Butch, last time we talked about sunglasses, we really focused in on lenses. Uh, that was a really great show. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that, go back and listen to that show on choosing the best polarized sunglass lenses because you're going to learn a lot about light transmission. You're going to learn a lot about colors. You're going to learn a lot about mirror finishes. But ultimately, it's going to help you just make an easy decision yeah. on what's the best for you. Well, more importantly, it's going to tell you how to catch more fish. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's yeah. going to help you in choosing a pair of sunglasses that's really going to help you catch more fish. There's no yeah. doubt about that. But See more, catch more, period. There's more that goes into sunglasses than just the lenses. There's a lot of questions out there, and today we are going to answer them all. Yep, Joe, I'm really looking forward to today's show, man. I mean, you and I have been fishing pretty much our whole lives. And, you know, I mean, sunglasses are super duper vital. I mean, you have to have them before you go out on the day on the water. Or I have to have them to walk outside to my truck nowadays. But um, very important. And I've never really got down in the weeds with them. So I've really been enjoying these Bahio interviews. I mean, really, usually it's just, okay, these are semi-comfortable and the lenses are okay. Yeah. But why? I mean, I really enjoy sweet. I look super fly. Super fly. Let me get this pair. Really, it was just because I look super fly. I really didn't even care about the lenses back then. I mean, (laughs) so it's uh, I really enjoyed these interviews and and you know, like why why can we see more? And if you see more see more fish, you're going to catch more fish typically. Yeah. Well, typically, unless it's typically, and then you just see them. But yeah, not that great of a fisherman. But I digress. Joining us today from Bahio Sunglasses, we got Al, Renato, and Denny. Well, guys, take a minute before we jump into the show today. Tell us a little bit about your role. Al, you know, we've had you on in the past, and I uh, did a great job breaking down uh, polarized lenses and lens colors. I love that show. We got a lot of great feedback on that show from folks. You took a really, what seems like a complicated topic and made it really simple. But start off, Al, tell us about, you know, your role at Bahio, how Bahio started, and, and then we'll want to hear from the rest of you guys as well. Yeah, for sure. I'm a founder and CEO of Bahio, and we have been in the market now for almost a year, which is hard to believe. Time has flown by. Uh, but, you know, we make sunglasses primarily for the fishing community. And so uh, they're very intentionally built. So that our frames, our lens technology all helps people see fish better and uh, be comfortable all day long. Because when you're fishing, you're out in the sun, you're on a boat all day long for hours and hours. And if your eyes are hurting or your eyewear is not comfortable, uh, it just makes the experience not nearly as much fun. You know, we're also, besides making performance-based sunglasses, everything we do is sustainable. We're really proud of that. 
So our frames are 65% plant-based material. All of our packaging is recycled. Everything we do in the operation is, um, you know, we strive to be uh, carbon neutral and we're carbon neutral from inception. And then we have a purpose. So we're very much engaged in helping the oceans get healthier. And our focus is on that strip that's really close to the land called the saltwater flats. And it's the nursery, the estuary for the ocean, super important to the, you know, the future health of the oceans. So we're doing a lot of things uh, to engage in, in the fight to keep those parts of the ocean healthy. That's very cool, man. I love y'all's mission and uh, y'all, y'all are making some really great innovative products as well. Renato, tell us about what you do there at Bahio. I'm vice president of uh, optics for Bahio and uh, I work closely with Al and the rest of the product development team to make sure that we've got the best lens technology to, to achieve what we want is to have the clearest lenses on the planet. It takes a lot of work to do the things that we do. And I spent my entire career basically in the optical field, working for world-class companies and helping with product development and design. Um, and it wasn't really primarily with sunglass lenses. It was really on the prescription side. Um, but having worked in the, uh, having moved to Florida almost a decade ago, got me into the sun side of the business and started working on um, sunglass lenses technology. Then, and more recently joining up with Al and the team, we talked about what we could do to really achieve better light filtration with lens technology, because we had the prescription part dialed in. And Al really wanted to make sure we had the best lenses on the market. And I, and I think when we talk about it, you'll find that we did actually achieve that. And there's a lot of science behind it. And it's what gives us that competitive edge. I'm looking forward to talking about that. I'm a, definitely a yeah a tech nerd. I like to know you know what I'm buying. You know, I really like to know why I'm getting what I'm getting, why it's built the way it's built. Denny, round it out and tell us about your role there. Director of product or hard goods of product, primarily frames at Bahio. And um, I've known Al for years now and Renato as well. We've uh, overlapped in our careers, but my background is uh, industrial design, product design with uh, over 20 years of experience from military to uh, a lot of sporting goods, uh, housewares, uh, automotive, and about 20 years of uh, eyewear and optical uh, from military uh, goggles all the way to the top brands of uh, sports frames and uh, performance frames. So we're going to be able to talk really about every aspect of sunglasses. Sounds like we today. got it all covered. <laughs> yeah, frames, lenses. I mean, why they're built the way they're built, and what the value is when we actually get out on the water. That's that's the hard part. A lot of times to translate is we can talk big technical terms, but what we really want to know is how's this going to help me catch more fish. I know when I've gone and bought sunglasses in the past, it usually consisted of whichever one fit and felt the best was the one I chose. And that's not all the thought that needs to be put into it. So the purpose of today's show is really to break down the different design differences, the different construction differences that an angler needs to compare. And let's start there. When somebody is trying to see better, in let's start with low light we're thinking early mornings late afternoons if somebody's trying to see better in low light conditions what kind of construction or design differences do they need to first focus on what kind of questions do they need to ask themselves here i'm going to say the lens is the key element so renato i don't know if you want to speak to it first so i'm going to talk a little bit about the science that's in the lens versus what i say is uh you know, Al really becomes the expert when it comes to percentage of light. And I'm going to talk about what we don't really see, the, the makeup of light. You know, light that comes through the atmosphere is made up of different parts. So we're all familiar with UV light. We hear it all the time. You want to protect yourself from UV. We put sunscreen on. It doesn't burn our skin. Then there's that other part of light that we call visible light. And light is measured by wavelengths. So if you really think about measuring light and how it looks, it's kind of like if you drop a pebble in water and the ripples close to the pebble are very close together and very distinct. You can see them. And the beginning of visible light, which is right after UV light, has a very wavy pattern. And we call that high energy light because it has energy and it moves very fast. And when it hits something or passes through something, it breaks, it breaks up, it scatters. And that's why the sky is blue, because the first color is blue light. We call it high energy blue. So that comes through the atmosphere, even when it's not sunny, right? So it's passing through. It passes into our eye. And when it gets into our eye, it causes a little bit of 
interruption with clarity and it causes haze. So we're not talking about the darkness of the lens at this time. We're just talking about the, what the lens is doing to filter things that interfere with your clarity, which is blue light, number one. You know, the other thing that we do is we block a lot over 90% of yellow light. And yellow light's at the opposite end. It's far away from that, that pebble in the water. It's at the opposite end, close to, and the last color is red. So it, it becomes blue, green, yellow, red. And right in between green and red is yellow. It's a very narrow band, but all it does is it interferes with green and red because it's right in the middle. It's like when you're painting, if you put yellow paint into green, you're going to end up with orange. You don't get clarity. You put it into red, you end up with another, you know, indistinct color. So if we can remove what the eye doesn't really perceive and the eye can only perceive RGB, red, green, blue, it doesn't perceive the other colors. And together, those are the receptors in our eye. It, it, it receives RGB, it's stimulated by RGB. And if we give the eye pure RGB, we make colors very vibrant. And then the second part of that is where I'd say, you know, the other expert is becoming, you know, starts when you look at light or lens darkness, if you will, what you do is you start to measure the color of the lens and the environment that you're in and what you're trying to sort of expose in that environment. And that's where Al has a lot of experience and talks about how dark the lens should be and what color the lens should be. And together with filtering out components of visible light, together with the color of the lens and the darkness of the lens, we can make a lens for virtually any fishing condition and environment, which is one of the reasons we have that many options to choose from. One lens doesn't fit all. Very cool. So Renato, if I'm understanding you correctly, this blue light and yellow light blocking goes into every lens that you guys build. And Al, when it comes to thinking about low light conditions, that's where you really need to and heck, go back and listen to the podcast we did, but focus on the color, the base color of that lens and also that mirror reflection. Take us back through just a, you know, kind of a synopsis of what we learned in that show about how you guys use that mirror finish to reduce that light transmission and also how color plays into it. Yeah, for sure. If someone is interested in getting a low light lens, then they need to either ask the person, uh, the retailer, or look on the website. And what they're looking for is VLT, visual light transmission. And the higher that number the lighter that lens is going to be. So that means that if it's, you know, if you're out on the water and clouds come over and it gets kind of dark, then you want a higher VLT because it lets more light in. If it's getting sun sunrise or sunset, then you want that higher VLT because it's going to let more light in. Or if you're an old dude like me and your eyes don't work like they used to and you just need more light, you know, you see people get their cell phone, at the menu on the restaurant and shine it on the, on the menu because they need more light because their eyes are a little bit older. You may wear a high VLT lens all day long. Um, I know now I wear our pink lens, which is about an 18% light transmission. I wear that all day long. Uh, so the, the one thing to look out for as in addition to the VLT though, is look at the polarizing efficiency because there's some lenses out on the market that say that they block, you know, 24, 28% of light and they're yellow. So when you look through it, it's yellow and it's really bright. It feels really bright, but those lenses aren't really polarized. So they don't, they don't meet the threshold of polarization efficiency. There's sort of a governing body that legislates all this, regulates all of this. And so there's, those lenses might not meet their standards. So you, you want to get lightness and get a higher VLT, but you also want to make sure that these are real polarized lenses and that they're going to cut that glare off the water as well. So if we're looking at the full lineup, it doesn't matter if we're looking for low light conditions or really bright days. I mean, I think about when I'm Kobe fishing, a lot of times, you know, bright overhead sun midday, we look for those cloudless days. I mean, just super bright. Same thing offshore. We're you know, fishing a rip, fishing blue water. I mean, just a ton of sun. I'm going to want a darker lens there. So I'm going to look for something that has a lower VLT uh, versus if I'm an inshore guy, I'm fishing on the flats and I'm sight fishing, doing those kind of things. I'm going to look for something that's a higher VLT. And we want to make sure if any lens we're comparing 
we want to make sure that it's blocking blue light, blocking yellow light, and also meets the the polarizing efficiency levels you're talking about. Because the, there are lenses out there that are saying they're polarized, but they really aren't. Is that what I'm hearing? Yep. Technically, they are not. They don't qualify as polarized. So what you have to be uh, careful of as you push the VLT up, the other components of the lens uh, will determine how high that polarizing efficiency is. So I can tell our factory, hey, you know, we want a 24% light transmission. We want something really light. So if it's dark, people can see. And more than once they've come back and said, you know what, we just can't get there and maintain the polarizing status, right? Hmm. So we can make you the a clear lens, but it's not going to be polarized something to look at. We make sure that all of our lenses meet that standard so that every lens is polarized at a high level in addition to the VL, VLT measure. So we're, we start at, uh, it gets a little confusing. And so we try to simplify it for everybody and we have it stair-stepped in two percentage points. So the blue lens is our darkest, that's at 10. And then green is 12, silver is 14, uh, pink is 16. And then our, our new purple lens that we just launched goes up to 20. So that's as high as we can get it and still uh, meet the polarized standards. So if we're looking at a lens, like you mentioned, do you think there's a middle ground for most people? I would imagine most people are looking for one pair of sunglasses. But one of the things I've learned over the years is that anytime you start making compromises, it, it, a lot of times it can mean that, that that glass, not just glass, it could be boat we're talking about. I can't tell you how many people say, man, I, you know, I'm just really looking for a boat that drafts six inches of water and can handle five foot seas without getting me wet. I'm like, eh, it doesn't exist. So the thing about sunglasses is, do you think it's better? And I want to ask you this, not as a su- person who sells sunglasses, but just ask you as a fisherman, would you rather have two pair of sunglasses on both ends of the spectrum? Or is it okay to have one that's in the middle that can kind of do both? I think, you know, the answer to both is probably yes. Uh, I personally like to have two pairs. So if I'm on the flats, I like to have green and that's a darker for the super bright conditions. But then I know when the clouds come over or it gets later in the day, I want to have my pink or my purple in the bag so that I can switch and still see really, really well. If somebody wants to just have one pair that they can wear all day, that's probably in the middle. So it's more of a 15, 16% light transmission. So for us, that would be the silver or the pink. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And the other thing too, is that I have just found a lot of value in having a backup over the years. You know, I can't tell you how many times you end up sitting on a pair of sunglasses or you drop a pair overboard, you know, God forbid, it's just nice to have another pair. Even if it's not the perfect lens, you're not left completely naked. That is not a good, (laughs) not just about go home. If I ever forget my sunglasses now, if I got a day. Can't fish without them for sure. You really can't, you know, it's your rod first and your sunglasses second, you know, close second. Yeah, that's up for debate. That's right. <laughs> I might have to have my sunglasses first. Guys, let's take a quick break and take a minute to check out some of the businesses that keep this show free for you each week. Fishing Chaos invites all high school and college and social fishing teams to create a free team or club on the Fishing Chaos platform. Clubs can hold tournaments within the high school team or invite rival clubs and teams to compete in CPR, which is catch photo release events, as well as live weigh-in events, as Fishing Chaos supports most any tournament format. The addition of the new Fishing Chaos club management platform allows teams and clubs to easily communicate with their members about upcoming events. It automates the tracking of Angler of the Year, or Team of the Year series standings and collects all angler results. If you're interested in setting up a free team or club or in hosting a tournament on the Fishing Chaos app, please contact fishingchaos.com or call Jesse Wilson at 256-508-1853. And brought to you by MB Ranch King Hunting Blinds and Feeders are built to last right here in the USA. With durability and convenience in mind, MB Ranch King's maintenance-free blinds are built and constructed with high-grade steel and come in a variety of sizes to meet any hunter's needs. We also offer high-quality, easy-to-use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. 
Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. You know, one of the things that I hear guys complaining about a lot, especially, you know, when you start spending a couple hundred dollars on a pair of sunglasses is durability. You know, they're starting to have failures in, in some of the materials and, you know, sunscreen can be hard on, on sunglasses and that kind of thing. So if you're wanting a very durable pair of sunglasses, tell me what you guys pay attention to in your construction to make glasses more durable and, and maybe some common failure points that people need to be thinking about. Yeah, we'll let Denny take that one. Denny is the man who builds our sunglasses, so he can he can wax poetic on that one. <laughs> sure. Lots of poetry here. Well, here at Bahio, all of the frames we're using are um, high-performance injected bio-based nylon. So there's an advantage there. There's frames out there that are of different material, lesser quality. They each have their, their, their benefits, such as acetate. You'll see more in the fashion industry. They don't. They, they can't handle the stress uh, of being bent and flexed. They go brittle over time in the extreme sun and so forth. With the nylon, it's proven to be the most durable of the frame materials, the, the high performance frame materials. So you could flex it. As you know, the temples are constantly flexing. You can sit on it. You can compress it. And of course, it's chemical resistant versus other materials. That's the main point is the material, the, the basic material we're starting from. And then all of the materials, I mean, Al, Al has been uh, focus driven from day one on, on sustainability. Everyone at the company, we're part of this mission. So we're, we're although we've, we have this material now, we're on, in the background, we're constantly uh, innovating and exploring and, and testing other materials that bring us closer and closer to, you know, zero impact, let's say. Uh, but we won't be able to, we wouldn't, put those on the market if they haven't gone through uh, rigorous testing and passed the performance that the customer is going to demand, right? There's no point making something out of a sustainable material if it's going to break uh, after a few uses and, you know, end up in dump. Common stress points would be, you know, hinges, of course. Hinges is a big uh, critical uh, part of the frame and hinges, uh, the component quality is really key. We, we're only working with top tier suppliers for those parts you know we're talking about uh rust resistant materials you know we've got salt conditions of course uh where awesome. where where our customer is uh constant wear and tear you know opening stress points you know it's funny over the years and with different types of frames and and every every person wears their frame differently you know some people take it off with one hand and that creates a a leverage point on the frame and on the hinge that stresses it out more than someone else that might take it with two hands off or they place it on that way or they expect to keep it flexed open on their cap all day or behind their neck or wherever it is. So it's hard to account for that, but that comes from experience. I mean, collectively, we've got, you know, I don't want to say a century of experience (laughs) between Al, Renato and myself, but close to that, halfway there at least, and knowing what what tens of thousands of customers uh, have experienced over the years. And so we we avoid those issues when we design the frame, and that comes from experience. Um, You'll see on some frames, like you mentioned that the soft rubber, let's just call it rubber touch points, where whether that's on the temple or that's on the nose, for sure, it's very common. There are multiple types of materials and formulations out there. And, And when you just source something off the shelf, you don't really know what you're getting. Uh, Whereas where you're designing it from scratch, you're selecting what you want to work with. You're working with trusted, proven uh, materials um, that can handle the sunscreen, that can handle uh, uraic acid, that can handle the UV, that can handle all kinds of issues. And even there, like you'd you'd think that there's some materials that have been proven in automotive or on on all kinds of advanced uh, age tests. There's peculiarities between people. You know, there's some people, it's just their DNA. They emit certain hormones or or whatnot that can degrade the rubber faster than uh, on most other people. Hmm. And that's, that's just something you don't know unless you've been there, done that. And so you have to account for that. You know, everything we're working with, uh, we understand. I would say we're our customer bases, our fan bases, they're some of the harshest conditions, right? The highest level of UV, uh, salt, and so forth uh, that you're just not going to get in other parts of the country. 
Which yeah, I think I, I think I may be one of those people. My wife's always talking so. about my pheromones. Yeah. She's saying, you know, like my pheromones are just really strong. I don't maybe this maybe that's why my sunglasses have been having issues. I don't know. Yeah, that doesn't lead so, to a, a not tonight honey discussion, is it? Right. That's right. <laughs> always. <laughs> oh man, that's great Shouldn't stuff about the uh Yeah, that's right. Go fishing, son. Yeah. Uh, about the durability of the frame. Let's Renato, let's talk about the uh, lens durability as well. I know I love my like Al was talking about he likes the pink lenses. I like to call them drum instead of pink yeah, but, it's not pink, uh, Al. that's right Wrong. but uh, i love those lenses so walk us through some of the um the uh construction about the lens durability yeah there's really a lot of technology behind the lens or actually no pun intended behind it so i'll, I'll go right <laughs> to that part so we look at the lens as being sort of like a sandwich right you've got three parts you've got the two slices of bread and what's in between so that's how our lenses are sort of made up. It's made up in these different components. And then we can we can do things to each component to try to increase the durability for the overall lens when it's all put together. So let's take glass, for example. A lot of people don't make lens sunglasses with an actual glass lens. We know glass is pretty scratch resistant, like the windshield of our car. If we have plastic windshields, we probably know that they're going to scratch pretty easily. So you get this really intense durability or high durability with glass because it doesn't scratch. But then when you add a mirror to it, you can always scratch the mirror that's on the glass. Well, here's what's really neat. Our mirrors are actually put inside the lens, not on top of it when it comes to a glass lens. It's virtually impossible to scratch the mirror on a glass lens. So the people that are really hardcore fishermen on salt water, because when salt dries on the lens, it's like having you know a little bit of dust on the lens. It's a very fine dust. When you wipe it off, it's going to scratch. So... What we don't want is to have the mirror scratch. We can't scratch it because it's inside the lens. It's not on top of it. So now you have one lens that's virtually impossible to scratch. So let's look at durability that way on a glass lens. And then plastic. We talk about plastic being able to be scratched as well. And how do we make plastic more scratch resistant? There's ways to do that with coatings just to put like a lacquer coating on it. But then we do one other thing that we also do to glass and it has two benefits. The feature is called oleophobic and there's different levels of oleophobic. So we try to go to that highest level, which we call super oleophobic, which makes the lens slippery. It's kind of like when you wax your car, you get that really slippery feel. It's like Rain-X on your windshield. Everything beads off of it. And what happens is when you're dragging something across the lens, it slides and it slips across the lens which again now increases durability or scratch resistance because you're not dragging it across, you're sliding it off, if that makes sense. That's why this, the, the plastic lenses are super slippery, super oleophobic, because when something lands on it or is on it or dries on it, we remove it very easily by having this really super slick surface. Then we also put that oleophobic surface on glass. And the reason we do that is to help prevent smudging from sunscreen or smudging from your fingers when you're putting your hat and your buff and touching the lens. And, you know, you've got, <laughs> you've just caught a fish and you, you, you've got dirty hands and you know, they're going to smudge easy. So we put it there. So it doesn't allow the lens to smudge, which means less cleaning, making it again, easy to clean, very durable. Both of them are durable in their own aspects. And we have something that really holds up to almost anything you can throw at it when you're out in that harsh environment. That's interesting because I mean, I just think about like, yes, I would love to take my microfiber cloth out every single time I wipe my lenses off and, and yeah, do it the I'm, right I'm rough way. on my lenses, man. But the reality is, yeah, you're in the middle of fishing, you're, you're sweaty, you're on the back deck, you know, you may be fighting a blue marlin. And if that's happening, you're not going into the galley and grabbing a microfiber and, and cleaning things off. You're going to take your shirt sleeve or your shirt tail and you're going to you're going to clean your glasses off. And so you got to have something that stands up to that. If I heard you correctly, if durability is your greatest concern when it comes to lenses, you should choose a glass lens over a plastic, but plastic, the plastic you guys make is still very, very scratch resistant. So if you've got a combination of, of wants here where you're saying, as I've had glass lens sunglasses myself, and one of the things I didn't like about them was the added weight and you know, if I'm bent over rigging, a, you know, rigging something or something like that, I sometimes they would slide down my bridge of my nose and things like that. Is that pretty accurate? If somebody's first focus is durability, you'd lean towards a glass lens. But if they've got a combination of maybe durability and wanting that, that lightness from plastic, you feel just as confident that they're going to be happy with the plastic. Absolutely. If you're comfortable, you did mention the weight. Mm -hmm. You know, we use a glass that is hardened 
to give it impact resistant that's also 20% thinner and lighter than standard or ordinary glass lenses. So we're able to reduce the weight, increase the performance of it for durability, and also have that basic virtually unscratchable lens. So definitely, I would say you're heading in the right direction with how you're looking at it. And then when you want that added, you know, that that lightweight, super lightweight product that you're going to wear all day long for comfort, you can rely on plastic to also give you a good performance all day, all day long as well. All right, guys, let's take a quick break. Check out a few of this week's great sponsors. The Hunting Exchange. In this day and age, we all know it's a struggle to sell hunting equipment on large social media platforms. And that's where the Hunting Exchange steps in. Hunting Exchange is an app for iOS and Android that gives you a one-stop shop to buy and sell your hunting gear. Whether you're looking to sell your bow, broadheads, technical apparel, stands, saddles, or anything in between, this secure platform allows you to buy and sell gear with confidence. As a buyer, each dollar you spend is insured by PayPal, and as a seller, there are no hidden charges like other platforms, and listing items are also free. Gone are the days of having listings removed from Facebook and worrying about being banned and removed from groups for wanting to sell something as simple as your bow or a knife. So head on over to the App Store or Google Play and experience a new hassle-free way to buy and sell hunting gear by downloading the Hunting Exchange app today. And brought to you by... Photonist Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. The PD Pro series is the world's smallest and lightest night vision goggles built around the Photonist 16mm filmless 4G image intensifier tubes and our hybrid filmless 18mm image intensifier tubes. These ultralight, ultra-compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. The PD Pro line consists of the PD Pro M 16mm monocular, the PD Pro B 16mm binocular, and the PD Pro Q panoramic night vision system. Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. I have a slight astigmatism and, you know, I do wear a a light prescription. I can get away without a prescription, but I sure feel a lot better when I have one on. If I am wanting to go to a prescription lens, if that's a focus of mine, can you do that in glass and in plastic or do you have to go with, with glass? So right now, our prescription program, which we just launched, it's in its, its very early stages, is only available in a plastic lens. And that's just, that's just because what we're doing, we're working on glass lens technology for the actual blinks that are needed for prescription. So that takes a little bit, it's still in R and D right now. So it's in development. And the, the nice thing about prescription is that people that need a prescription sunglass, they wear prescription glasses today and their prescription glasses are all made of plastic. Nobody's wearing glass prescription lenses. So the benefit for us is that they're already pretty careful with their glasses because they, they've spent hundreds of dollars and they've already been used to using the special cleaners and cloths, even though you don't always have them with you. But prescription wearers usually have them with them. True. So, yeah. So that way we can say, OK, we've already crossed that bridge. Now let's give them a prescription that performs in the environment. What's the environment? OK, you're moving fast, right? You're on a boat or you're watching something move fast in the distance. And if you're on a boat, you're moving up and down. You're not just moving across. So when you move up and down, you go to the top of the lens, to the bottom of the lens, you go to the far outside of the lens. And unlike your prescription glasses that you're wearing indoors, they wrap around your face a little bit more. It's got more curvature. When you take all these things up, down, side to side and change the curve of the lens, if you just take a piece of plastic and you curve it and look through it, the optics change. It bends light. So what we've had to do is we've had to really design the lenses to each frame. So that way we know the curves of the frames. We can make sure the optics are designed to be optimized for the frame, edge to edge, top to bottom. So you can see things clearly when we know you're going to gaze 20, 30 degrees off when you're trying to sight fish, right? You're not always turning your head. You're just moving your eyes. So we understand that fisherman, what the angler, what they're doing. We know the angler is going to be in a fast-paced environment at times, moving around, moving their eyes around a lot. And we make sure the optics are matched to that point of the lens with that type of frame with the right curvature. And we still have that added durability on the plastic lens that we talked about with the oleophobic coatings, et cetera. So I think you'll find that the performance, we've, we've had nothing but great you know, reviews from the people that are wearing them. 
but it's because we designed it that way. We wanted to make sure that it fit for the frame and it fit for the environment. And the good thing is, unlike a lot of people that offer prescription, we don't just offer it in brown and gray with a couple of mirrors. It's everything that we have. So if you can buy it in our non-prescription, you can buy it in prescription. So um, we're, once we get the glass lenses out, I know it's going to be added value. But even with glass, um, it's still um, a small percentage of the market for people that want glass prescription because prescription lenses are thicker and then the glass becomes heavier. So people always tend to go towards lightweight and then they'll be more careful. So um, it's kind of like the 80-20 rule. We'll offer glass when we have it, but we know that 80% of the people will still opt for the plastic. No, it doesn't matter if you have prescriptions or not. I'm still going to see more triple toe and ling than you. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. You'll see them. Now you got to catch them, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. True. Well, talking about lenses, Renato, one of the most frustrating things in sight fishing, like we're talking about, um, and you may have answered this with the, you're talking about the coatings, the different coatings. One of the most frustrating things is, you know, seeing something and or getting some sweat and some fog and maybe a weird glare. Like what can be done in the construction of these glasses to prevent or mitigate some of these issues as far as fog, glare, fogging up? And Denny, I want you to add to that on the, For sure. on the frame it's going to be side. some frame construction. Yeah, because like as well. you say, light getting in, really what do we need to be thinking about with fog and glare? So when we talk about fog, we asked Denny to use his expertise to help us mitigate it. Right. Because Perfect. that's that's what we need is we need a good frame designer to keep the air flowing. So fog happens because what you're getting is small. You know, you're getting basic water that's beating across the lens. Right. How do we prevent that? We put oleophobic coatings on it. Right. And the way to make fog sort of roll off is it's kind of opposite to the oleophobic when we're talking about, because it's such a fine particle. It's not like a big water droplet. It spreads itself out. So fog is a really hard one to deal with. And the only way to make fog go away, you, you're either always wiping it off, like in the morning when you got it on your windshield and you keep using your windshield till you drive and let the air do its job and stop the fog from forming. So then we asked Denny to do the, you know, to do what he needs to do to the frame to get venting within the lens so we can have the fog sort of roll off of the lens or not even form on the lens itself. It's one of the hardest things. And if you use an anti-fog treatment or a spray, what you end up doing is making the lens sticky. So nothing can, it, it's almost like it, it's hard for the fog particles to stick to it. It's almost like an oxymoron. You're making the lens sticky, but when that happens, fog won't beat on the lens. But the problem is now the smudges will start to appear and it, it becomes harder to clean the lens. So it's, it's hard for us to do, you know, have oleophobic and anti-fog at the same time, right? We have to choose which one we want the most. And we choose easy to clean, oleophobic, because that's what people want, no smudges, right? And fogging is a tough one when it's humid and it's 100 degrees outside. So yep. Denny comes up with a solution on that one, and he's done a great job. There's a lot of factors to add to that as well. Like There is no 100% fog-free design, whether it's a lens or a frame. So what you need to do is, because there's many factors that account for that, believe it or not, even in the standards association that, that deal with fogging on, on optical lenses, uh, there's no agreement as to even how to define fog. You know, the military, uh, the U.S. Army defines it differently than sta standards associations and testing associations. So how do you even test for it if there's no agreed upon standard, right? However, uh, there's, uh, there's the temperature variation. There's a, a big cause of it is the humidity, the warm air and temperature emitting from your face. As we all know, through the whole COVID thing with people wearing masks and, and glasses, it's from warm air. Uh, or warm breath. But in our conditions, it's really um, how close is the frame to your face? And can you evacuate that uh, temperature variation or minimize that temperature variation? Can you and can you evacuate any moisture buildup in between that, this, that space between lens and your face? So uh, like Renato alluded to, Avoiding that situation, avoiding that buildup is the, is the first thing you do, your first layer of defense when it comes to the frame design. And some of those things, some of those factors lead into even comfort. So in, you know, one of my particular uh, details that I look for is um, eyelash contact. So a lot of frames, you know, they get so close to your face, uh, your eyelash bumps up against the backside of the lens, and that's a real distraction point to begin mm -hmm. with. But keeping a certain distance away from your face is helps a lot with airflow. 
uh, not trap. You don't want to create a goggle effect where you're trapping air uh, against your face. And to me, again, that's a personal thing. It's a comfort thing. I actually like uh, the feel of your eyes breathing. If you can imagine that you just want them to feel comfortable and not, not even think about it that, you know what, there's too much buildup inside of this frame. Sometimes you get that with some frames. You know, we, we try to build in some venting details where possible, but overall airflow is key. There's uh, subtle details we do too. It's like how you um, sculpt away portions of the brow and portions of the end piece and, and things like that, even around the nose bridge, allowing for um, areas where air can move around. But at the same time, be conscious that you're not leaving so much space that you allow light leakage, light to come in and distract you, right? You don't want that. You don't want sure, that. That's a either. great point. Yeah, yeah I, like the, I like the full coverage of my, those Bale's Beats seem to be the perfect, um, like you're talking about, the eye breathing, the total wraparound where light doesn't get in, and right. they really do not fog up that bad. I've had some glasses where I can't even wear them if I'm because I'm a sweater. I got caterpillars for eyebrows and my face sweats. <laughs> So it's a real, it's a real problem for me, whatever I'm sight fishing, but those Bales beats, man, they really, uh, they're, they're pretty awesome. Yeah. And so Denny on that note, like what Butch is talking about, I mean, again, the way we came to that frame was just by putting them on. Obviously you guys are trying to do what you can in the design to make sure that these frames are going to allow venting and, and allow that air to flow through. Is there any substitute for that? I mean, can, can a person really pick a pair of sunglasses without putting them on? No way. <laughs> i'm glad to hear so you many, say it i mean oh so so what do you mean by that you mean like they can pick the frame just by looking through the case and say that's the one i want and it's going to be perfect or yeah or, i mean i mean is this something that somebody can really online shop for or are they going to need to go to a retail location where they can put these different frames on try them out and figure out because one uh, one part is comfort like you said you know, comfort's important, of course. Looks are important. Everybody may say they don't care, but they do. They do For care sure. how they look. But aside from that, I mean, you want a, a glass, a sunglass that's going to be functional when you're out on the water and it's going to block light like you're talking about from coming in. And so I would imagine that's going to change based on the person's facial composition. I mean, is there any way for somebody to do this without putting their hands on a bunch of different pairs and putting them on? I know there's been a big push or trend towards the online purchasing it online for certain, um, you know, you see Warby and, and, and brands like that for optical, mm -hmm. but you know, you got to also look at the return rate of, uh, uh, and that tells you everything the cost and the fact that there's bricks and mortar stores opened up after, after that business right. model is launched. It just proves that the customer needs to try it on. The, the person needs to try it on. It's like anything. Like you can, you can like something when you're looking at it, but until you try it on, you don't really know how it A, looks on you and B, uh, how it fits and feels. And, and, then, and then you might discover, discover that uh, what you thought was the reason you wanted it uh, becomes, there's some other factor that becomes more important to you, like the, the way it feels on your face. So even the way it looks, for example, you might like a certain style just by looking at it but then every person's head is is different you know the spacing of your eyes your nose how the nose looks inside the bridge uh the, the shape of your face of course is the standard thing you know you have an oval, more oval face a more a chiseled face different type of chin structure that frame shape and that lens shape really uh can either complement your face or not and so you won't know that really until you try it on in terms of fit, you know, you mentioned earlier about how a frame slips on your nose. So that really getting that comfort of that bridge and then thinking about, okay, well, it felt great for the three seconds I had it on my face. But, but when you're trying on that frame, if you could wear it for a minute or two and, and move around and shake your head, that'll give you a better idea of what it's really going to be like once, once you own it. The temples, how do they feel? Uh, behind the head. A frame might say it's a large fit, for example, or an extra large fit, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be true to your head. You know, everyone's head is different. You might be wider um, at the center, at the temples near the sides of your head than other people, like a torpedo shape or a football shape. Um, other people are wider up front or they have a flatter face at the front, a lower bridge. And how that all those factors play in just it's one of those things it's like a custom suit you know nothing beats a custom suit yeah it makes a lot of sense and i think about over the years of fishing you know i i tend to get 
my fatigue points tend to be behind my ears, the tops of my ears, my hat pushing down on, on the arms of my sunglasses. Uh, I don't really get too bad of fatigue there on the bridge of the nose, but I've heard a lot of people complain about that, those kind of things. So when you're trying on that pair of sunglasses and, and you're going through that, you're just saying, pay attention to some of those pressure points. And if you feel something in the minute that you've got them on, uh, you may want to pick up another frame and go ahead and do the same thing because it be shouldn't feel hours. much. Yeah, if right. you're out eight hours, it's going to just amplify from there. That's right. Going back to our earlier discussion about the amount of light, you know, the brightness or glare and so forth. You know, everyone has a certain comfort factor for how much light they're willing to uh, deal with. You know, down where we are in, in New Smyrna, you've got sun all day long uh, for you know big portion of the year. But if you go up to the northeast or the, the northwest, it's, it's a completely different feel to it. You know, you're, you're in more gray uh, during parts of the year. The summer season is a lot shorter. You know, times change differently. There's more coverage overhead, different types of fishing as well, different type, you know, more lake fishing, that kind of thing. So you might not need a, uh, you know, fat temple, full eight base wrap, block every, uh, you know, bit of sun that's coming through because you're not being fried by it all day long. You might actually want a flatter frame or a thinner temple that allows more light in for general purpose. Gotcha. Guys, let's take a quick break and hear from this week's sponsors. Boaters List is your new reliable and fast resource designed to link everyone to everything on the water. If you own or run a boat, you know how difficult it can be to find the right company for the task at hand. Boaters List makes it easy to find the service you're looking for. Locate anything from fuel docks to service repairs or rentals of large yachts or even paddle boats and all things in between at boaterslist.com. They will always strive to make it better on the water. And brought to you by L&M Marine. L&M Marine has something for everyone, from small hunting boats, pontoon boats, to bigger bay boats, offshore boats, and hybrids. L&M Marine LLC prides itself on its customer service and knows how important it is to be taken care of and to have someone you can trust. They are locally owned and regularly support the community. L&M Marine provides superior customer service and has an entire team that consists of professional sales members, financial experts, service technicians, and a knowledgeable partner parts and accessory staff to support you. Go visit their friendly, reliable, and experienced staff now locally owned six miles north of I-10 on 34600 Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama, or call 251-937-1380. Well, Al, this next question is for you. When we look at sunglasses, you know, we can go to Walmart and get a $20 pair, or we can go and buy you know, the cost just goes up from there. So when we start paying a couple hundred bucks for a pair of sunglasses, what are we really paying for? How is that going to translate into value as we own those sunglasses over the lifetime of that pair? And speaking of lifetime of the pair, what happens if we break a pair? Well, I think what you're paying for is the knowledge and experience of guys like Denny and Renato. And so um, not all cars are the same. So a BMW or Mercedes the engineering of that, the design of that is pretty sophisticated and that's what you're paying for. Uh, so it's the same with sunglasses. And there's a lot of companies that just grab a pair off the shelf that the factory is already made for five other people. And, you know, they're just made to be as inexpensive as possible, but not all the thought and engineering goes into it. So the other, and the other part is just the quality of the construction the manufacturing. So when we, you know, when Denny and his team, uh, they create CAD drawings that they give to the factory, the factory then creates a mold. And then there's a back and forth period that takes months of perfecting that mold so that, uh, I mean, there's details that these guys notice that I would never even think of. And I'm like, Denny, this frame looks awesome. Let's go to production. Let's go to market, man. <laughs> Get it out there. No, the screw is one eighth of a millimeter too recessed and it needs to come up a little bit, um, the no, you know, on and on and on every detail. So um, sure you get what you pay for. And when you talk about the durability, when you talk about the fit, when you talk about the fog management, all of that, all the comfort features, the wearability and the length of time that it, that it lasts, all of those are determined by the guys who design it. 
uh, and gals who design it. And uh, so that's really, really what you're paying for, pretty much like any other type of product you might buy. You know, like we've talked about today, lots of of different things go into a pair of sunglasses. We've talked about a lot of different consideration points here. There's just a ton going on. And what I love about what you guys have done is you are custom building with the angler in mind and you're taking all this thought, all this thought process out of it. You've already done that. You've said, Hey, we're going to build this lens to this frame so that it functions correctly. We're going to build these frames so that they function correctly. And all a person really has to do, it sounds like, is pick out the lens color that they need and go try on a frame that's most comfortable for them. And they're going to be really happy with that pair of sunglasses. And I do want to ask you too, what about your warranty? Like one of the frustrations I hear a lot of anglers talking about nowadays is, man, I broke my pair of sunglasses and and I'm trying to get them fixed and it's just a pain in the butt. So what happens if we break a pair of Bahios? Well, for us, it's, it's all very personal bring in parts from different places in the world. We find the factories, no matter where they are, that make the best quality. And those are the ones we work with. But we bring in the parts here to New Smyrna Beach, Florida. And we have a lab. We cut the lenses. We put them into the frames. We do all the quality control right there. And, and so for us, it's, the whole thing is very personal. These, these are our products. And I like to say... These are our gifts to the world. You know, this is what we are producing and putting out there. So we have a lot of pride. And if something goes wrong, man, it's like crushes us. We cannot stand it. It's not like we're hawking something for some giant multi-billion dollar company located in Europe. We're making it right here. And this is our stuff. And we really honestly care about it. And every person in our company is an owner so that, it's not just, you know, that we care about it from a sort of an emotional standpoint. Everybody cares about it financially, too, because the better this company does, the better they do. Uh, and I think that's important to fill that, that ownership. So Absolutely. Our warranty, our warranty is, I didn't want to have a warranty, honestly. Um, I just wanted to say, look, if something goes wrong, we're going to take care of you. And, you know, if you break it, you know, we'll be pretty lenient about it. You know, if you stepped on it and that wasn't really our fault. But if it's something that's a defect or that's something that, you know, we caused because we weren't paying attention or whatever, and things go wrong with the consumer product always, then we'll take care of it uh, for you. Our lawyers said that if you don't define your warranty, that it will be defined for you by the by the courts. So we have to write down what our policy was. Uh, but the way that it's executed is very much on the side of the consumer. We'll talk to you personally on the phone. Eric sits 50 feet from me downstairs, and he and I talk all the time. Uh, we look we look for things that may be going wrong out there that we're not aware of, trends. Then we dive in and fix it. And it's like, you know, if Eric here talks to somebody on the phone and they're having an issue or a problem, then he walks back to the lab, you know, and talks to Chris or Aaron or anybody back there and says, Hey guys, this is what I'm hearing. What do you think? And they'll look at it, examine it, make adjustments if necessary to the machinery. So it's, is that kind of like whole company commitment to the quality and to the service to take care of our customers? That's really our warranty. That's kind of how we're, we're rolling. It's awesome. That's how it should be. And you know, I guess most of the time it always points back to Denny. Like it's that eighth of a millimeter. Like, <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> hey, 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 hey. <laughs> it's Denny's fault. <laughs> if I if I can add to what uh, Al was saying earlier about the you know the frame and the cost or what you were asking, uh, there's a couple of things there too. Is you know there's off the shelf frames you could pick up at a gas station that'll you know you don't know the quality of the lens, you don't know the quality of the, that PC lens that's in there. There's differences that right there. You know you have cheap lenses that are going to delaminate and not give you the same protection, and definitely not the performance that we're fine tuning into ours. And but then same thing with the frame. I want to reinforce: we're working with the top tier factories. There's only a handful of them, and we're working with them as our partners. And these are not some cheaper, low low cost, unnamed factory in the middle of China. These are top tier professional factories. This is all they do. They're audited. They meet all the the best standards for workplace uh, and so forth. And on top of that, you know, we're pushing them and, and they've pushed themselves to 
uh, invest in uh, sustainable practices. You know, there's one factory in Italy, everything's electric. They shuttle between their two facilities with electric cars. Everything is solar panels. They, they recycle all their water and they're working and they're already net neutral uh, for CO2. So that's the, the type of factory we're working with. Same thing with our components. You know, our, our hinges are top tier hinges, not again, some swept up recycled metal off the shop floor. So that adds to the cost of the frame, of course, right? And then as an anecdote to sure. what um, Al was saying about the warranty and what, that we all care, you know, early on on one of our frames, before we launched it, we had a little issue that could have been an issue. Like this is through our own test testing and our own internal, hey, will this withstand the test of time and durability? And we're like, we're just wreaking havoc on this part. Uh, and we're like, mm, we, that bit of uncertainty led us to scrap an $8,000 tool and rebuild it. Wow. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, it's about putting out something that you're proud of and you got your name on it. We, we know who to call if it, uh, we're, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're not if perfect it breaks. and we're certainly, you know, like not, no product is perfect. They all, we can't account for what's going to happen in the future, of course, but, but it's this quest to make sure we keep putting out there the best that we can right now and keep improving it as time goes on. Right. So just to sort of uh, add on to what Al was talking about with regards to warranting, we'll take care of the customer when something goes wrong. And, and it was our, our mistake, if you will, or a product that didn't perform. What's really nice about when you spend that kind of money on a pair of sunglasses that have all the best components is that we have all those components in-house and we build the sunglasses here in New Smyrna Beach, Florida. So the majority of people that send product back are sending them back because of something that happened where they broke them. You snag a, a lure, you pull back, it comes back, hits you in the lens, it cracks the lens, they send it back. We replace it for almost a third of the cost of the original cost of the sunglasses. So it's like having a copay on your sunglasses with our repair department and we get them back out on the water, you know, in a very reasonable amount of time with about a week. And, you know, that's a great service for when you have something that is going to last you for years that you can continue to send it back when something happens to it, if it breaks and we get you back in business. So our repair department does an amazing job and the turnaround time is very quick and we have everything that we need right here in New Smyrna Beach. Yeah, it's very cool what you guys are doing. I can tell you, you're, you're not only are putting a lot of thought into the sunglasses that you're building, but you're also putting a lot of thought into your business model and and how your people are treated and, and how you're treating your customers. And that's refreshing from, from what a lot of anglers have seen in the sunglass industry. I'm excited to see what you guys come out with next. Now, that being said, like we talked about, there's no substitute for going out and putting on a pair of glasses and making sure they fit you right. So if people want to take a look at the website, get a feel for the different uh, VLT that where they maybe they need to end up and choose a lens color, a mirror finish where they need to be, and then go step out into a store and try on a pair, where can they go to check out those lenses and those colors? And then where can they find the closest dealer? Well, the best way that our retailers, you know, the most effective way that they sell Bahios is they give them a pair of a couple of our competitors and they give them a pair of ours and just say, walk out into the parking lot, put them on outside in the sun and see which ones you like. And almost every time they are blown away by our frames and it's like a wow moment. These are the clearest lenses I've ever worn. Those retailers are, at this point, it's growing. We probably got 550 to 600 retailers already. Uh, they are anxious to work with a company that's like ours uh, more than anything. And uh, they are located in, we have some in all 50 states at this point in 14 different countries. We have the most concentration in Florida and in the Southeast. So from Texas to Florida to North Carolina, but they can look on our dealer locator on our website and find, type in their zip code and they'll be able to find a dealer as close to them as, as possible. All right, guys, that wraps up another great segment. You'll take a quick minute and check out a few of this week's great sponsors. Hi folks, Bob Seeley from Seeley Outdoors wants you to mark your calendar for March 25th, 26th, and 27th for the annual McDonald's Big Bass Splash at Goose Pond Colony on Lake Gunnersville. There will be over $290,000 in cash and prizes guaranteed with hourly payouts and much more. Go to Seeley.com 
www.outdoors.com and get registered online or call 1-888-698-2591 for more information. Again, March 25th, 26th, 27th for the annual McDonald's Big Bass Splash at Goose Pond Colony in Scottsboro, Alabama on beautiful Lake Gunnerful. And that's SeelyOutdoors.com. S-E-A-L-Y Outdoors. See you there. NorthAlabama.org. Are you looking for a real adventure? Whether you are experienced or just a weekend angler looking to land a big one, North Alabama is the place to go for your next fishing expedition. North Alabama is home to eight picturesque lakes. Pickwick, Wilson, Wheeler, Weiss, Smith, Neely Henry, Lake Gunnersville, and Bear Creek Lakes. Each lake is well stocked with a variety of fish, and in North Alabama, fishing is great year-round. For more information, visit www.northalabama.org and click on Plan to download a North Alabama fishing guide. Man, Joe, it was really good to talk to those guys. You can just tell that they're super passionate and super knowledgeable about what they do. You know, we got to do kind of a what did you learn, man, like we always do. What would you pick up from that interview? I had all these questions planned out that I wanted to talk about, you know, on different, different technical aspects of sunglasses. I really wanted to be able to, to hone in on different decisions about frames and different decisions about lenses and different decisions about materials. And, and we did all of that. And in doing all of that, what I learned is that these guys are starting out with an, a passion of an angler you know, wanting to give people better visibility while they're fishing. Then they're taking decades and decades and decades of technical knowledge of optics and materials that come from inside and outside the sunglass industry. And what they're doing is they're taking all the guesswork out of it for you so that all you've really got to do is just grab the lens that you want you know, go back and listen to that podcast we did with Al on the lens and pick the color that makes sense for you or pick the colors that make sense for the way you fish. And then just go try on several different frames and pick the one that's most comfortable. And you know that you're getting something for paying that amount of money. When you go and spend on these sunglasses, you're getting all those decades of experience, all that R&D and all that customer service that you know if you pick up the phone you call these guys over in New Sperna, they're going to take care of you if you screw your sunglasses up or if there's an yep. issue. And that's something that a lot of anglers are very frustrated with right now. Yep, for sure, man. Like you say, we, you know, we talk about all the time about go fishing with a guide. You know, they'll cut years and years off your off your learning curve. Same kind of thing here. These guys have been through the ringer. They've done all their research. They've, like, I forget exactly who was saying in the beginning, talking about how they, you know, come up with frame designs and lenses They've heard it all. They've heard right. every single story about how this broke or how this fogged up or how this lens didn't do this. They took all that feedback and they've created this awesome product. Yeah. And they're not stopping. They're continuing to innovate. Right. They're listening, you know, listening to their customers. They care about the products they're putting out into the marketplace. And that's cool to see for anglers who want to have good fishing sunglasses. It's just also cool to see from a, from a business ownership standpoint that these guys are really trying to build their business in a way that the employees benefit and the, the communities and the environments in which the people that wear their sunglasses are benefiting with all their sustainability efforts and the yeah. money that they're putting back into these environments. It's just a really, really awesome company, the way they're building it. But also I just learned a lot about sunglasses that I never have put that much thought into it before. So it's a fun show. For sure. It was a very fun show, man. I enjoyed it. All right, guys, that is going to be a wrap for the show today. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review wherever you listen. And if you would like us to email you the podcast, we'd love to do that too. All you got to do is text the word FISHING to 314-665-1767, and we will email you the show each and every week. All right, guys, enjoy these beautiful lakes and rivers we got in the state of Alabama. Be safe out there, and we'll talk to you all again next week. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. If you want to grow big fish or healthier fish or just get your lake in better shape, call Southeastern Pond Management. You can call Norman Latona at 205 288 
1371 or just look them up southeasternpondmanagement.com and give Norman a call. And brought to you by Bucks Island. Bucks Island has been in business since 1948 for all of your new and used boat needs as well as motor sales and services and now they have a pro level tackle store. Boat and motor trade-ins are welcome. Visit them online at bucksislands.com or give them a call at 256-442-2588. And also brought to you by Hilton's Real-Time Navigator. The days of heading out and blindly looking for good fishing areas are pretty much over. Don't waste time and money on fuel searching for fish. You need the most recent, highest resolution images to not only know where to go, but more importantly, where not to go. Knowledge provided by today's technology is critical when planning an offshore fishing trip. Make the choice that professional captains all over the Gulf make and choose Hilton's Real-Time Navigator. The easy-to-use interface and excellent customer service will have you on the fish every time you go. Check it out at hiltonsoffshore.com. And brought to you by Fish Bites, ready to go when you are, regardless of when you're ready to go fishing. This bait stays on the hook and the fish stay on the bait. Check them out, fishbites.com. And brought to you by northalabama.org. And also, Great Days Outdoors, the South's finest hunting and fishing magazine. Pick up your copy wherever magazines are sold or check them out at greatdaysoutdoors.com.